And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't God a good God? Hallelujah. Amen. We wouldn't be long this morning. Give me 40, 45 minutes. I should be done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 9 verse 6. I'm going to read verse 6 to verse 16. And I'm going to pause in between. Amen. And then we'll come back and try to unpack as much as we can. Praise the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 9 verse 6 reads. We got it. And here, I'm jumping right into the text. We are familiar with the text this morning. It's about how Paul got converted. Amen? And while it is true, it's an unprecedented conversion. My focus is not Paul's conversion. My focus is Jesus coming to rescue his people. Amen? Jesus coming to the what? Rescue his people. So here we see Paul who got, as we said, he got arrest warrants from the high priest in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. extending all the way to Damascus. He's on his way and he had an encounter. Say an encounter. Praise the Lord. Encounters of the Lord are good. Amen. They change your life forever. Encounters change the trajectory of our lives. Amen. So thank God for encounters. And so here he had an encounter. The first question he asked was, who are you, Lord? We addressed that a couple of weeks ago. Everybody know Jesus is Lord, right? Jesus is whom? Lord. Not just God, but Jesus is a Lord. Revelation chapter 19 verse 16 tells us when he comes back, he has a sash around his vesture. And on that sash is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. <laughs> and I'm glad about it because we are God's property. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he encountered the Lord of Lords. And now he's down on the ground, face in the dirt. First question, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus. The voice didn't say, I am God. The voice said, I am. The same phrase God used in Exodus chapter 4 when Moses asked, who are you? He said, tell them I am that I am. Jesus is now filling in the blanks. I am Jesus. <laughs> God left it open in the Old Testament. Jesus filled in the blanks. God said, tell the children of Israel that I am the I am has sent you. Mm -hmm. Paul asked God, who are you? The light. Who are you? The light said, I am Jesus. That's what the Lord said. I am whom? Next question. We're jumping right into the next question. So he, Paul, that's where we picked up from verse 6. And he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, second question. What's the second question? Lord, what will you have me to do? What will you have me? In other words, we said, Lord, what is your will for my life? Amen. Very important question. And the Lord said unto him, Saul, you're going to be a great, you're going to be a great apostle. You're going to be a great apostle. Mm -hmm. 
You're going to write 13 books. Did the Bible, did the Lord tell him that? No. You see, most times, if God tells you why you were born, you will reject it outright. Yes. If the Lord had said to Paul, well, Paul, <laughs> let me explain to you the path, the route you must take. To be called the apostle of the Gentiles. I guarantee you. As God put his head in the scroll. Paul would have run out. <laughs> because sometimes the path. To your calling. Is not as easy as you think. Good question. Are you with me? Good question. But answering it is not the right time. It's not the right time for him to know. And so the Lord said to him, you got it here? Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord Jesus said unto him, arise, go into the city, go into Damascus, and it shall be told to you what you must do. Now, how many of you agree that's a good way to recruit people? <laughs> I wish I had these recruiting skills. Knock him down from his, from his horse with my light. Face down in the dirt. Temporary loss of vision. Amen. Led by the hands as a blind man. But that's a good way of recruiting. <laughs> but only the Lord Jesus can do that. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This church would be full of people if I could do that. huh? Verse 9. Let's, let's read quickly. Verse 9. And he was there. Sorry, he was three days without sight. Neither did he eat or drink. I wouldn't either. <laughs> that encounter, oh, I would forget food. I know some of you say, not me. <laughs> Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. In what? In a vision, he wasn't asleep. Mm -hmm. Neither did God talk to him loud. He, you know what? In a vision. You know what? In a, you know sometimes you get these visions during the day, especially as you, when you eat a, a good plate of mac and cheese and put it to salad. In the, and the, you sit back and about to relax and... and Anyhow, can somebody say, praise the Lord? <laughs> In a vision, praise the Lord. Amen? <laughs> praise the Lord. Where am I? Ten. <laughs> a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Verse, verse sorry, I jumped over. Verse 11. And the Lord said, arise. Come on, you all. You, you all keep telling me, move back and forth. Go into the city, into, in, into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Saul is, Saul is praying. He's, he's, his sight has been taken. He's praying. He's not eating anything. Amen. Appetite. Just lost his appetite. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him uh, that he might receive this sight. Verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man 
Much evil he hath done to thy sins in Jerusalem. And then I said, I know him. This man is not good news. Why of all persons you are choosing me? Verse 14. And here. Listen. Here he hath authority. And Ananias is talking to God. He has authority from the chief priest to bind all, their, all that call on your name. But the Lord said unto Ananias. Go thy way. Go Ananias. Go, go minister to him. Here is why. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before all Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Why didn't God tell us all that right away? In verses 14 and 15, we have the Lord telling Ananias of Saul. We have Saul asking the Lord the very same question. What do you want me to do? And God refused to tell him. Why not just tell him? Tell him. As I said <laughs> last week, <laughs> the first phase in finding out what would you have me to do, Lord? Oh, Lord, what is your will for my life? The first phase is finding out who are you, Lord? And brothers and sisters, I submitted... Uh, I'm looking for a word. I submitted a way, a solution to find out who are you, Lord. Two weeks ago, I hope we have engaged in that particular process. The process we said was the psalm of the day and five psalms. Sorry, the proverb of the day and five psalms. That's how you start to find out who are you, Lord. Amen. It is time now. Hear me now. It is time now for Saul to begin building a relationship with the Lord before he starts doing what the Lord sent him to do. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Very, very important. I said two weeks ago, we are called to relationship with the Lord Jesus first. For that matter, the title of our sermon this morning is Walk With Me First. Yes. Walk With Me First. <laughs> because we are first called to relationship with the Lord, not to service. In order to represent him properly, we must know of the Lord. Are you with me, saints? The Bible says Moses knew the ways of God. The Israelites knew his acts. We need to know the ways of God so we can effectively represent God. Amen? So now is the time for us to build a relationship with God. So God is asking us today to walk with me first. We are first called to relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not to service. Amen? Your service is as good as your relationship. Let me say it again. Our service to the Lord is as good as our relationship with the Lord. Our service is as effective as deep as our relationship is with the Lord. The more revelation you have of the Lord is the more effective your service will be. And so that is why God wants us to walk with him first. 
Say, walk with me first. Yes, yes. Find out the Lord's will first. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. The Bible says Noah walked with God. Hmm? God is calling his people now to walk with him. Walk with him. Can somebody say, Lord, teach me how to walk with you. That's the important thing. If building our relationship with Jesus is walking with the Lord, what does that mean? What does it mean to walk with the Lord? Well, I went up, I, I took the liberty to look up the word walk in the Old Testament, the word walk. Amen. It's used in, in a great variety of applications, literal and figurative. It, it means, listen to what it, it means, to march. It means to flow. How many of you agree, would agree that it's important to learn to flow with God? Uh-huh. So the word walk here means to flow with God. It also means to be at the point. It means to be, it, mean, it means to what? To be at the point. You cannot be ahead of God. Neither can you be behind God. You've got to be at a point with God. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Forget about the will of God for now. Mm -hmm. Walk with me first. Amen. It also means to carry with. The word walk means to carry with. Sometimes you got to carry some burdens. Uh, sometimes when you walk with God, God gives you a taste of what his burden is like. Paul said, you remember the, the, the Jeremiah. Is it Jeremiah? Is it Jeremiah who said, he says, I cannot stay. He said, the reason why I cannot stay is because his word is shut up like fire in my bones. I cannot be quiet. I, I cannot stay because I'm carrying something. That's of the Lord. We've worked together for some time. And he's imparted some things in me. Tell your neighbor it's time to walk with the Lord. Yeah, it's time to walk with the Lord. Especially in these last days. It is important to do your proverb one. Five Psalms. Is that alright? And don't you relent. Don't you stop. Don't you get distracted. Because you're now sowing seeds. And the distraction is going to come. The distraction is going to what? It's going to come. It's going to come. Some of you, can you, can, can, do, I have any, do I have any witnesses out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the time is going to come. You'll get a call. Things are going to happen. Amen? But don't you relent. So, how does it look to walk with God? I submit to you, it is, listen to me, what does it mean to walk with God? Since I submit to you, to walk with God means first, find what is God's general will for us as revealed in the scripture and submitting to it. Let me say that again. Most times you see we come to God and we are asking God for something specific. Lord, why was I born? Lord, is he or she the one? Lord, do I have the right job? Lord, what was I born to do? Was I born to be a preacher? Was I born? What is it? What is it? Saints that flows out of relationship with God. The word walk means to flow. <laughs> uh -huh. And so it's going to, you're just going to flow into it effortlessly. God is going to position, God is the one who's going to position you. Mm -hmm. And so don't you worry about it. 
What you need to worry about is God's, we are doing God's general will. There is a specific will and there is God's general will. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? There is a specific will. Tell somebody that switch, that switch spot. Amen. That thing that you're doing for God, it could be your job. Amen. It could be working in a particular place, but you would do it and, and the, the reward and satisfaction you get from it is more than money. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about that specific thing. Just like the eye has one function to see. The eye has only one function. Amen. To, to see, to ensure that all toes remain safe. Because you'll be busting your toes everywhere if you didn't have an eye. The ears has one function, and that is to hear. And the ear doesn't want to do anything else but to hear. The ear doesn't want to hold any hot frying pan, does nothing. No, no, no. The ear just wants to hear. If you look at the body, there are certain parts of the, of the body that has a specific function. We too, individ as individuals, brothers and sisters, we have specific functions. Mm-hmm. Specific, but that particular will you flow into. What you and I have to get ourselves concerned about is God's general will. Can we, can, can we, the point is do what you know first. So many of us are preoccupied with what must I do. We forget to do what we must do now. There are some things we have to do first. Are you with me, saints? Glory be to Jesus. So, so, so how, um, what does it mean to walk? What does walking with the Lord looks like? Start with what you know first. Now I'm going to, if you, if, you, if you will give me 15 minutes, I'll develop it in a while. But, but listen here. We human beings, we are constantly and particularly interested in learning what? Why, why we are here. The future. How many of you would like to know why you are here? Why? What? Why am I here? Mr. Grover, have you ever asked yourself that question? Why am I here in the mirror? Don't let that question bother you. I mean, don't get preoccupied with that question. Do what you know now. Do what, what? You know now. We ask God for guidance regarding employment, marriages. Lord, is he the one? Is she the one? And there's nothing wrong with that. Or the interest. But the, listen, listen, I'm going to make a point. And don't you forget this point. That point I'm going to make change my life. But there is no reason to anticipate precise guidance from the Lord until we carry out God's general will as it is revealed in scripture. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? God is not going to tell you the end from the beginning when we are not taking care of what's obvious to us now. We must do first what the Lord requires of us that's known from scripture. That is why when Saul asked the Lord, what would you have me to do? The Lord said to him, go down to the city and you'll be told mm -hmm, what to do. If the path to achieve the end was given to us from the beginning, many of us would resign. Many of us would what? Resign. Can you imagine if the Lord had begun to recount to Saul the path he was going to follow to become the apostle he was chosen? Listen, if God attempted to, this is how we would go. If God attempted to answer Saul, when he answered, this is what the Lord would have said to Saul. Saul, 
You're going to be the apostle of the Gentile. And Saul would say, yeah. God told him, but here it comes. How? It's going to take 15 years. All of a sudden, Saul is looking, 15 years? 15 years. Not tomorrow. And these are a few of the experiences you will have on your journey. He's going to recount to him. Can you go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11? Let's look at verse 23 to 27. Because this is what Paul, Saul, went through to become an apostle of the Gentiles. He didn't just fall in his lap. You got it? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll start from verse 23. And you'll read during the lines as I begin to mention some of the things the Lord would have tell, told Saul. Amen? He's going to tell Saul, well, this is how you're going to become the apostle of the Gentiles. You will work much harder for me than any other Christian there was. You are going to take more beatings than any other Christian. You will be dragged to more prisons than any other Christian. You will be flogged excessively multiple times even to the point of death. How many of you think that Paul would be still saying glory, glory, glory? I don't think so. Now let's jump over to, to verse 24. Verse 24, God would be telling him five times you will receive 39 stripes from the Jewish leaders. Verse 25, you will be beaten with rods three times. You will be stoned once. Three times you will be shipwrecked for an entire night. And for one day you will be adrift in the open sea. How many of you would agree that after this one, Saul would run? Saul would, Saul would say, I, would, I am settling for brother Saul. Keep apostle Saul. I'll take brother Saul. You see, you see, that is what you're asking for when you ask God, what's your will for my life? <laughs> what's your will? God said, okay, you want to know what's your will? This is what's going to happen. Ten things, and I guarantee you on the third one, you'd say, Lord, is there another way? <laughs> I like the way the end sounds, but to get there, <laughs> now let's just suppose Saul is still listening verse 26 this is, what the Lord, this is what the Lord would tell him your travels will be difficult you will go on three missionary journeys there will be very little water very few showers for a couple of weeks there might be none you know, John Mark <laughs> John Mark, the one, who wrote the, the one who wrote the book of Mark. John Mark went with Saul, with Paul and Barnabas on his first missionary journey. You remembered? <laughs> and when John Mark had the experience, <laughs> the Bible says, one day, <laughs> one day the apostle Paul and Barnabas got up and they went to John Mark's tent. <laughs> John Mark, John Mark was nowhere to be seen. The, he did not count the cost. Right in the middle of their journey, they got up one morning, got their stuff together. Where is John Mark? Nobody, nothing. So the, he went over to John Mark's tent, nothing. John Mark went back home. <laughs> Lord, what is your will? No, you want to do God's general will now. 
You want to first walk with God. Because if you cannot do one proverb and five chapters now, <laughs> well, verse 26, this is how verse 26 would have gone down. God would say, your travels will be difficult and you'll face many dangerous situations. Dangers in rivers, dangers, robbers, dangers from foreigners, even dangers from your own people. You will go through dangerous situations in the city, dangerous situations in the wilderness, dangerous situations in storms. At, there is nothing like being seasick. <laughs> and there'll be spies posing as believers. So, are you still interested? The Lord is continuing. Things he wants to ask. Verse 27. Verse, you will toil at the point of exhaustion and gone through many sleepless nights. How many nights? Many sleepless nights. You will be frequently deprived of food and water. Left hungry and shivering out in the cold. Lacking proper clothing. Saul, are you still interested? Since if God were to reveal the pathway, the path towards his will for us, many of us would have, <laughs> many of us would have outright rejected. But this is what I want to share with you. I have good news. God's will for us is progressive. Amen. It's unfolding. God's will for you and I have different dimensions. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, God has uh, an acceptable will. Can you go to Romans chapter 12 verses 2? And you'll see the different dimensions of God's will. Amen. So I want to settle your hearts today. Start where we are now. God's will. Look at the different dimensions of God's will. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. God's will is good. Mm -hmm. Then after, after you find yourself in the good will of God, God is going to further direct you into the acceptable will of God. Mm -hmm. And then when you have done well in the acceptable will of God, you just spill over nicely into the perfect will of God. Different dimensions. Sense, you don't just get there. <laughs> No, it doesn't happen that way. It is progressive. Amen. It has different dimensions. Praise the Lord. And as you walk with God, you flow into these dimensions. So the idea of asking, Lord, what, what's your will for my life? We should be preoccupied with walking with the Lord first. Walking with whom? With the Lord first. How do we walk with God first? In the word, one proverb, five psalms. Day one, proverb chapter one, psalms one to five. Day two, proverb chapter two, psalms six to ten. Day three, proverb chapter three, psalms eleven to fifteen. Day four, proverb chapter four, psalms sixteen to twenty. Day five, proverb chapter five, psalms twenty-one to twenty-five. You get my point, right? And still, some of us would not do it, and we have the audacity. The, inter the intestinal fortitude, the gumption to ask God, what is your will for my life? I've heard many people say, and I'm not sure if you've heard it, I've heard many, I've heard many people say, uh, uh, God has a permissible will and 
Well, let me just read what I have. I've heard a lot of people uh, said that the, that, the permissive, that the permissive will of God and the perfect will of God is okay. God has a permissible will and the perfect will. In other words, if you miss his perfect will, he'll permit you to be in a different area. Have you, you haven't heard about that? You've heard, I'm certainly sure you've heard about the permissive will of God and the perfect will of God. There is nothing like the permissive will of God. God has one will and that's it. The permissive will, the perfect will, that sounds like schizophrenia to me. God has one will for you. I got a, I got a Greek word to describe the permissive, the permissible will and the perfect will. You ready for the Greek word? Baloney. There is nothing as God permissive will. One will. God flows you as you walk with him. Different dimensions. Are you with me, saints? Now let us look at some of the ways quickly. Let's look at some of the ways we can walk with God so we can flow into the good will. Then into the acceptable will. And finally into the perfect will. The perfect will is where you are and the satisfaction you get from serving is more than money can give. It's more than support. It's more than congratulations. It's more than anything. Money cannot bring satisfaction to you like you do when you're in the perfect will of God. But to get there, but to get there, let's look at a few things you must do first. Second Peter 3, 18. This is God's general will. I'm going to show you. There are several. I'm just volunteering a few. Is that alright? Amen. The first one here is what? What's it? But grow in what? In grace and grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the general will of God. When I say general will, is what you and I can find from scripture that we cannot ignore. Because if we ignore what we know, forget about knowing perfect will. Forget about it. So we have a command to what? Grow. Can somebody say grow? In what? Grace. The Greek word is charis. You know what charis is? Favor. Grow in favor and grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, don't turn there. Luke chapter 2 verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. Now if Jesus grew in wisdom, if Jesus grew in favor with God, what business you and I have doing not growing in favor with God? And still have to ask God, what's your will for my life? Can you imagine a kid coming to his parent, asking him, what do you got, dad, please, what do you have stirred up for me? After he or she has ignored everything that the parent told them to do. Ignored everything. Has the boldness to come and ask, what do you have? I got nothing for you. You see, no, you see we, we can identify. We can identify with natural parents. But when it comes to God, we think somewhere, somehow. That God is love. And that God is so, so good. He's going to ignore everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Listen to me, I tried that, it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So, what's the very first general will of God? We have to grow. In what? In grace. Grace, we say, is favor. You have to grow in favor with God. Lord, have mercy. You have to do what? Grow in favor. How does a child grow in favor with their parents? By doing what? Yes, being obedient. Doing what, the, you do, doing what the parent tells you to do. There are some children who are just a blessing to their parent. Some others are just not. But so, under the same roof, for some reason... But a mature parent has the right to love in spite of. But there is a child who has the parent's ear and the parent's heart. And that's the child who learned to say, not my will, but your will. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, that's the child that gets what? The favor. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't you miss what I'm saying? I was listening to a father. He said he has three daughters. And he took them out shopping. And uh, two daughters just went off by themselves. Amen. And that one daughter stayed there with him. And she hugged him and she said, Dad, I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you for taking us out today. Dad, you look so handsome. The two daughters who were out came and just asked him, Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? And he said, yes. But that daughter... <laughs> Who was next to him. She began to thank him. Tell him how a good daddy he is. He said, he, said, he said baby you can take half the store daddy will pay for it. <laughs> Woo. Now, now we, can, we can identify you know as natural parents. Why can we identify when it comes to God? Who has fed us such erroneous teachings? So we need to grow in what? In favor with God. Because Jesus increased, we see in Luke chapter 2 verse 52. Jesus to grow means to increase in favor with God. Since we need to increase in favor with God. Amen. Because if you're increasing in favor with God, God will give human beings. God will give you favor with human beings. God will touch the hearts of people for you. That's why the Bible says Jesus increased. He grew in favor with God and men. You ask, why am I not having favor with men? Maybe it's because you have no favor with God. Because God is the one who gives favor to you. He's the one who touches hearts. Proverbs 21.1 The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. God will give you, he will change a situation. All of a sudden that person will say, I just feel like blessing you. For no reason. Let me tell you, let me share this with you, right? When I was doing real estate, when I was doing real estate, I was full-time. I'm still doing it. I was hustling. I had no time to read. I had no time to study. And one day, business just headed south. And I, I went to the prayer room. And I asked God, what's happening? And the Lord said to me clearly, he said, you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. I said, I said, come again. <laughs> I kid you, it came right from within. You take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. 
I kid you not. They've been, the pastor was asking me to teach a new, mem, a new beginner's class. I ignored it for years. I put, and the very first thing, when God said that to me, I said, well, God, what's, what do, would you have me to do? He said, you know that new members class I've been telling you to teach through the pastor for the last two, three years? You start teaching it on Thursday afternoon at four. I said, I said God, that's when I'm showing property. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to move by faith. I kid you not, the first Thursday I held the class, while I was holding, while I was teaching, it was about 4.45. My cell phone went off. And I told the kids, give me one second, because I'd give them an exercise. Let me step out. I got a call from a client that was referred to me. A real estate deal that closed in 30 days, seven grand. While I was teaching the class, God said to me, you take care of my business. I will take care of your business. All that hustling and bustling, and yes, that's okay. You got to survive. Look, you got to make the almighty dollar, but don't you forget the almighty God. Don't you back, back off. Listen to me. God can, do, God can do more for you in one hour than you can do for yourself in a lifetime. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I have one other thing, Lord Jesus. One other will, another general will. Amen. Can I give you another, another one quickly? I promise that's the last one. And we'll, amen. Since you're looking like, well, I need to sleep. I'm just joking. Third John 1, 2. Here is another general will. Third John 1, 2. And it's right there. You, it's right there. You don't have to ask if it's God's will. It's written down. Third John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I will above all. I know it's wish, but wish means will. This is God's wish, his heart's desire. Above all. Above what? Above all things, that you what? You prosper and be in health. Even so your, listen, so your prosperity and your health is tied to your soul's prosperity. Are you getting yeah, He said, I wish that the word prosper is a, is a compound word. It's made up of well and road. It means road and well. So it means well road. It means well road. It means being successful on a journey. Amen. So your success in this life, your journey is contingent upon your soul prosperity. No prospering of the soul, no well road life. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. I'm just getting excited about it. It's right here. I wish above all that you prosper and be in what? In health. God's will for you is good health. But it's tied to what? Soul prosperity. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions has all to be for God. You are, are not supposed to be divided in mind, in will or emotion. There should, not be, there should be nothing like, I don't feel like going to church today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, today's Sunday. I'm ready. Or not. <laughs> the Bible says in Proverbs 19, verse 2, that it is not good that the soul be without knowledge. That's what the 19 to it is not God Himself, it's not good to have a stupid soul. I didn't say that God's let's go, let's go to the verse before you have to say, Well, Pastor, just saying what he wants. 
Proverbs chapter 19 verse 2. It's right here. Proverbs 19 verse 2. You got it? It's coming up. Also that the soul be without knowledge. It is what? God just said that. Now what is a soul that's without knowledge? And knowledge is knowledge of God. Whenever you see in the Bible, knowledge is knowledge of God. A soul that has no knowledge of God is a soul that has no scripture verses memorized to bring up to fight the devil. Uh-huh. Are you with me, sense? A soul that don't have no verse in the Bible in you to tell the devil, thus save the Lord. This is what God's word says, regardless of how I feel. I know I'm going through, but the Lord said this. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not, you tell him the word. If your soul doesn't have that word, God said it's, it's a dangerous thing. It's just not good. It's not good when the soul has no knowledge. When the soul, there is nothing in there to pull out. God will bring to your memory what you place in there. No scripture verse is going to flow from the air. Woo, bam, and hit you. And I got it. No, it's not going to happen this way. Let me say that again. No scripture verse is going to flow from your Bible. You know, that's what I thought before. Because of the way it was being taught, you know. Every, everything on the pulpit was, God will do it. God will do it. God will do it. So I said, woo, God will do it. A scripture is going to leave the Bible. Woo. You have a part to play. And your part is to sit down and read. And give the teacher, the Holy Ghost, an opportunity to come in and teach you and impart to you knowledge of God. Talking about, I don't like reading. It is 2023. In 1964, I could understand if you're saying that. We're in the 21st century and you're talking about I don't like reading. Who talks like that? Oh, I can't read. There is adult education. That's what I told a brother. I said, go, go up, register at TCC. R right? They have an adult education. Where is your son? Right? Yes, they do. We had church in that building for two years. Talking about telling me he cannot read. I said, the devil is a liar. Not in the 21st century. I said, you are just lazy. That's what it is. There is nothing like, for a Christian, there is nothing like I don't like reading. Because God put everything in a book. Let me say that again. For the Christian, there is nothing like I don't like reading. Because God chose to put everything in a Or, you got it in a cell phone. You could listen to it. Now, they took what's in there and put it on a, on, and put it on, on a cell phone. While you're driving. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying, saints? It is everywhere. That is listening, but you got to sit down and study. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Paul said to Timothy, until I come, give attendance to reading. That's 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. 2 Timothy 2.15. He said, study to show yourself approved. First you read, then you study. Or not. <laughs> you got a will. 
You, you have a will, brothers and sisters. You could start fighting for your life. Well, as of Monday, I'm going to read my proverb of the day and five psalms. And I'm going to take some time. And instead of having on, on the radio, instead of listening to, what, what music they listen to nowadays? Beyonce? Instead of, what, what's one, I don't know, what's one of her songs? You see, if it's not in the Bible, I don't know it. That, that's what I'm striving for. If it's not in the Bible, I, Pastor, I, can't, I, come, I, come, I, come, I come across some guys who knew, they knew every basketballer and the number and their t-shirt number. I, I couldn't believe. How do, you, how do you know every famous basketballer name and, the, and their t-shirt numbers? And when I begin to pull out my scripture verse, you have a problem. I'm just doing the very same thing you did. You spend time. You throw your soul into it. So me, I spend time and throw my soul into it. Because I know when the devil knock on my door, not one of these basketballers can help me. Huh? I'm not saying don't enjoy your game. I'm just saying that we need to prioritize. We need to do what? Prioritize. Know their names, but know the word. As for me, if it's not in the Bible, I'm trying not to know it. Yes, yes. That's what I'm striving for. I know my wife, my wife thinks I'm something. But that's okay. Praise the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? Find out what's his general will. And start doing all the general will. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. In everything, give thanks. That's his general will. Are you doing that? Are you doing all of that? Praying without ceasing. Rejoice evermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you, are you doing that now? Mm? This is, that's his general will. Walk with me first. That's what it means. First, pray without ceasing. And it doesn't mean that you pray when you're in a meeting downtown. You're in a meeting with your supervisors and you so so No. It's an, it's an attitude. It's an attitude you carry around. That I'm ready to take everything to God in prayer. That is what it's about. I, Elder, I get calls all the time. And the very first thing I do while the person is speaking. Holy Spirit, please help me. I need your help in answering that question. That is the attitude. Not as the person is speaking. I'm saying, so, but oh, thank you, Master. Glory. No. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. Whatever comes at you, Lord, I, 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 cannot do, I, I cannot do life on my own. I need your help. I'm going out there today. It's 8 o'clock. I'm, I'm driving to work. Father, I need your help. Go before me. Send an angel ahead of me. You're supposed to say that as soon as you get up from your bed. But in case you forget, when you're in the car. Praise the Lord. I'm going out there today, Lord Jesus. The God of this world is the devil. But I have a God that's greater than the devil. Help me, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I need strength. My body is weak. I need you to uphold me. Let your strength be made perfect in my weakness today, Father. That's what I'm talking about. Always in an attitude of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this job, but give me the wisdom to do this job unto your glory. Yes, Master. I give you praise. And so in the background, you're going to have good music that's going to elevate your spirit to praise God. Amen. And not Michael Jackson or Beyonce. Are you, are you with me? Oh, who? Lil Bow Wow. 
We need hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. Amen. Every other song is a weight that's bringing you down. We need to get rid of these weights, these things that's pulling us down spiritually. Oh, glory be to God. It is time to walk with the Lord first. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.